It's a, it's a wonderful privilege to be with you. I echo Pastor Bradley said. No, I'm Fellas, don't worry, I'm married. I'm not interested in you that way.
talking about the world and worldliness. I'm going to take you to a passage of scripture today that shows that the world is torn. I could take somebody here, put them in this corner, and corner them. The fifth corner of the world. You'll open your Bibles to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. I'm going to be focusing on verses 8 through 11. John 16, 8 through 11. But this is a passage that has to deal with the world and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read verse 7 for a little bit of a running start. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the paraclete will not come to you. The helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Paraclete. Reference to the Holy Spirit and John's other writings to reference to Jesus because Jesus and the Holy Spirit share that paracletical. One who comes alongside, an encourager, a comforter, So the Holy Spirit is in view here. Verse 8. And he, when he comes, will convict the world Concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. The world is cornered by the purpose of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now, yes, I know that I have messed with the language by mentioning the now usage of corner and then speaking of something being cornered, using it verbally. And we use this, do this all the time with the English language, uh, using a word as either a noun or a verb um, in gardening. Prune. It's a verb, but if you were to eat a prune, that's a noun. Weed. I'm not talking about the hippie lettuce weed, but I, I'm referring to uh, a weed that may grow in the garden, and I'm going to go weed the garden verbally. Um, duck. Be a noun or verb. Duck. <laughs> Fish. Since we're dealing with animal kingdom, uh, some of some of you might have a page between the and them. Rope. Rope. Noun and verb. Dump. Parade. Bitch. I have an itch. 
some something that someone uh, personal to me a few years ago stroke. We can verbally know. But in our passage today, this one just lost his sweeter. <laughs> the Holy Spirit does what? John 16, the Holy Spirit, promise of the Father and the Son, provided as a gift from the Father and the Son, does what? Convicts the world. Convicts. Corners the world. Uh, the world is caught. The world is exposed. It's brought to light. Called out. Convicts the world of what? Sin, righteousness, and judgment. This was happening to that world. We often miss the context of this. The world that John is speaking of is not simply this icky stuff that's out there. The world that John is speaking of is the world of Judaism. If you were to read John 15, let's talk about uh, the world hates you, but know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you. They persecuted me. They are going to persecute this. These are the people who rejected Jesus. The Jews of the day, the system of the day that said no to Jesus. This is why the focus here is the Holy Spirit will corner, expose, catch the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment all about me. Concerning sin, they don't believe in me. Concerning uh, righteousness, because I go to the Father. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I'm the victor. It's all about Christ. So the Holy Spirit did this with regard to the world then, and the Holy Spirit does this with regard to the world now, today. The world of Judaism, anything that was standing opposed to Christ, saying, no, I will not believe in him, uh, righteousness, you showed us the way of righteousness, get out of here. Judgment, ruler of this world, I'm going to have my own way. It's all about Christ. Now, I don't always um, agree with John Calvin. I'd rather agree with the Bible. It, um, John Calvin made some comment about the, the principal work of the Holy Spirit is to produce faith. Uh, Holy Spirit is not unfaithful if somebody does not believe. Sorry. The principal work of the Holy Spirit is to point to Jesus Christ. The primary work of the Holy Spirit is to exalt and to glorify Jesus Christ. So there's the passage. The Holy Spirit comes, he will convict any and all opposition to turn the sin, righteousness, and judgment. This still happens today. Have you ever been caught? 
convicted, exposed. And yes, I'm going to make eye contact with someone. Please stop. Stop now. Okay. Have you ever been cornered? Somebody brought something to you. Or perhaps the Spirit of God was active and pressed something upon you and you stopped. And you went to care. You ever been convicted? Caught? Cornered? What, what, what now? What, what's next? What do I do? What do you do with it? We live in a day where there's a lot of talk about addictions. Last time I checked, you're all addicted to sin. Pray stop. Just stop. Please stop. And all of a sudden you've got something like you can do it. Really? You make progress. What do you do about the sin that is exposed, that the Holy Spirit points out? What about the young lady who gets married and finds out that her husband has been lying to her? And he keeps covering it up. He gets confronted and covers it up. It's exposed and he has another record. receive it or do you resist it? A few years ago at Gloria Santa someone was pressed to attend nodded did the Christian bobblehead sang the songs played the games heard Participated and within one week after Gloria Santa was arrested. A man who hardens his neck. After much reproof, will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. Proverbs 29 1. Okay. Try to talk to you about this. And then you get to dismiss it. Yeah, yeah. Proverbs 29 9. When a wise man has a controversy with a foolish man, the foolish man either rages or laughs, and there is no rest. Now I know when somebody's a fool, you present something to that person, and they go, Who do you think you are? Rage. Or laugh. Get out of my face. 
That's a form of defensiveness. I'm going to present something to you, and the person, oh, but if only you knew a little bit more about me. He who corrects a scoffer. Proverbs 9, verse 7. The one who corrects a scoffer gets dishonor for himself. And he who reproves a wicked man gets insults for himself. It's a blemish. How many warnings does it take? How many times have you lost sleep over that exact same persistent sin? We read the narratives of the Bible and we think of them as snapshots. Moment in time. Frozen moments. Icicles of instances. How many warnings or opportunities did King David have? Leonard Cohen wrote that incredible song, Hallelujah. It was made popular in Shrek movie. <laughs> Unless, of course, you read the poetry of Leonard Cohen. He saw her bathing on the roof. The moonlight and the beauty and the beauty. And of course, he mixes up the biblical stories tied into the kitchen chair, cut his hair, and from his lips there rose a hallelujah. David, Goliath? No, no, somebody being shorn, somebody being cut down. Okay. David's desire was active. Thumping. Thumping. Blossomed with an intention, showed itself in action. David and Bathsheba hooked up. We know she was not pregnant because they did so after the days of her cycle. And then there was, what, five to thirty days before Bathsheba knew she was pregnant? What were those days like? She sends report. The child. This is after David sends her back home. So after the adultery, David now engages in more deceit. 
he asks her husband, Uriah, to be sent home. Oh, what a nice sound. Gift basket on the floor. Popped bony. Spend some time with your wife. Thank you for your work on that one. David is spending all this time attempting to cover up what he did under the covers. Then he involves others. Military commander Joab. Job again. And you're right, I won't go down and partake of the bubbly. Won't partake of his fashion. Did you put him in the front line of battle? I'll take him in the second. In the corner, not yet. How many times did he do that? Or was he so callous that he didn't even think about it? Here's his battle. Put him in a hot spot. Put him in the sniper sights. How many moments was he cornered? Because we tend to look at that and go, that that was an event. I can read that in just a, a few minutes. How many days Of course, you know he was exposed by a story by the prophet Nathan. It was Prince Hamlet, remember, who said, The plague is the thing wherein I'll catch the conscience of the king. Hamlet took a nugget from Holy Scripture. Let me tell you about these events of the What will we do? We will dance like crazy to avoid the glare. We will craft many excuses in efforts to deny. But I'd be so ashamed. If you forget, shame is a motivator. For good or for ill. Shame. Shame exposes. It's an exposer. That's what it will do. But what do some people do with their shame? They parade it. A good one. They exalt in their shame. Oh yeah, that's your problem. How callous does one have to be to get to the point where you can present something to somebody and they go, uh, yeah, but. Yeah, but. Oh, I need a third guy. Yeah, but. Not just yeah, 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 anymore. yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. 
enemies of the cross of Christ in Philippians chapter 3 are described as those who glory in their shame. <laughs> Some exalt in their shame. Others find their shame to be something to be to, to, to conceal, to cover up, or to seek cleansing from. Not too long ago, a young man told me that he was ashamed of his conduct in his home, particularly with his parents. I said, explain your shame. I said, it's just horrible what I'm doing. I'm embarrassed about the way I treat my siblings and the way I treat my mom and dad. So what are you doing with your shame, your ashamedness? I don't know what to do with it. I mean, you have two options. I said, um, you can either exalt in it or seek cleansing from it. Doesn't mean the shame's going to be gone. You know, what, do you, what do you mean? I said, I'll tell you what. If, I'm not going to watch, but I'm going to walk into the other room. I want you to take off all of your clothes. This is a neighborhood in Fort Worth, by the way. And I want you to walk outside, up and down the street from your neighborhood. And this is a lot of, a lot of houses there. And he goes, No. <laughs> I go, I'm not going to watch. I mean, I'm a Christian. I don't want to see. And go ahead, go ahead. He goes, no. I said, just, just go ahead. Uh, put on your birthday suit and walk on it. Just go. And he, he says, no, no. He, I said, why not? He says, I'd be embarrassed. I'd be ashamed. Because you'd be exposed. He goes, yeah. So what do we do with our shame we've covered up? Try to remember that our first parents, Genesis 2, uh, they were naked and they were not ashamed. Paul refers to things that we used to be ashamed of. Romans chapter 6, he says, What benefit are those things to you now of which you were ashamed? We can be cleansed from shame. But you know what? I was ashamed of that. Some reject reproof. Some respond well. I told you the story of my father yesterday. Why was that so instructive? I saw a strong man, one of my heroes, a World War II veteran, humble himself and model grace before me. Son, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Yeah. Thank you, Lord, may I have another.
corner. The Holy Spirit has convicted the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Sin, because they don't believe in me. Of judgment, because I go to the Father. I'm sorry, righteousness, because I go to the Father. Judgment, because the ruler of this world has been defeated, cast out. John, you're corner of two. I'm corner of two. We are corner. for the rest of my life. I'm going to read a passage and guide you in prayer. I'm going to read to you from Psalm 25. Remember, O Lord, your compassion and your loving kindnesses, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions, according to your loving kindness, remember me for your goodness' sake, O Lord. Ask the Lord to remember his compassion. Asking the Lord to not remember the sins of my youth. Heavenly Father, you are merciful. Your loving kindness is from everlasting to everlasting, and we are astonished. Lord, we praise you for your faithfulness, and we ask that you remember your compassion to us, your servants, and your loving kindness. They have been from old, and they are for the present. Now, Lord, I ask that you do not the sins of my youth, our youth, for our transgressions. We ask this boldly according to your loving kindness. We ask you boldly to remember us in this way. We ask this for your goodness sake, O Lord, not ours. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm not done. I know. should be done. I'll be done. Amen. Yeah. 
When I kept silent about my sin, Psalm 32, my body wasted away. Through my groaning all day long for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. How many times do we have to be cornered? My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. Treatment of this cadence. The waffling atmospheric heat rising up. My vitality was drained away. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave. Not, you you forgave. I will confess my sins. Not, you know, Lord, I kind of believe that one. No, I will confess my sin to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Learn to pray the Psalms. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. My sin is ever before me. Against you, you have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. You are justified in whatever you say. You are blameless when you judge. Yeah, it seems to be the course of my life. For behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. I've never known a day like it without this. In sin, my mother conceived me. Yet you desire truth. <coughs> In the innermost being. In the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me your joy and gladness. Let, let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face. From my sins and bought out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Convict me of my sin and cleanse me of my sin. 
It has nothing to do with spirit in, spirit God, spirit in, spirit God. It has to do with the work of our God who's loving and kindness is from everlasting to everlasting because He loves His children this much. So, how many times? Because it starts now. Actually, it started a long time ago. Perhaps you will become the man or the woman who hardens his neck after much reproof. Did you feel that? I can lie to your face. I can lie to my wife. I can lie to my husband. And I'm doing it. He's given his Holy Spirit who convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.